30 and Nerdy Podcast is presented by Advertising Expressions. With so many ad specialties available, there is a huge opportunity for professionals like yourself to boost ROI and leave a lasting impression with your customers. Our mission is to help you create long-lasting relationships with your clients through the power of promotional products by getting your name in front of as many people as possible for as long as possible. We can help you today. Call Advertising Expressions, the place that the nerds use, at 423-586-3270. Ask for Zach and tell them the 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes? Welcome back to another episode of the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I'm your host, the Duke of Nerds, the sweet tea of the nerdy South. Tyler Mack, and joined, of course, by the co-host. He's the juicy one. He is freshly squeezed. He is the Dick Grayson to my Jason Todd, Doctor Davis. What's up, Doc? Hola. Hola. Estas? I'm muy bien. Kind of freaking out right now. Why? Well, I just got word over the past couple days that our fans at Fanboy Expo convention in knoxville uh have invited some very very big guests uh to their convention this summer and i'm just a little bit Uh excited about it so we're gonna have some lord of the rings people there um miranda otto played aowen and john rice davies who played gimli and uh uh, uh, yeah uh, sorry we're also gonna have sorry uh, how dare i forget your name and i've met him before the voice to Goku, the voice to Donald Duck. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the two they dropped the last two days. I mean, they're they're pretty big deal. They hit it. They hit it huge for me on the first day mm. because they said that one of my idols, uh, mm. Kevin Smith, will be joining us in Knoxville. In Knoxville. For fanboy. I, I I believe the uh, message I sent to you and our friend Logan uh, said something like, "I am deceased." I am deceased because, yeah, I can't believe it. I'm so excited to meet Kevin Smith. I can't even believe it. Uh, but so so that's big, right? And so oh, I'm asking, my, I'm, the dilemma then is, well, which which pop does he sign when I meet him? Because I've got a couple of uh i've got three kevin smith pops i'm looking at right now one of them is the armored iron bob Bob. iron bob yeah oh that's the one you get him to sign i was thinking that was the one but then i also was thinking well i've got the two pack of blunt man and chronic uh from jay and silent bob strike back and i was thinking i could do that in the event that one day maybe i also met jay Hmm. so this is a big deal for me you know like which which pop should i pick you know that's always an important question for Mm -hmm. me and then today they answered it for you (laughs) they helped me out with that because they could their spider sense was tingling and they knew 
that I needed help. And they said, yeah. here you go. Here's just a little, you can have this one. Uh, Jay will also be, that's right. Jason Muse, Jay and silent Bob will be in Knoxville, Knoxville, Fatboy. Tennessee. I'm, I can't wait. Well, then we have yeah. to cosplay as them. You know what? You're right. And I will even, I will shave the face. I'll do it. And wear a blonde wig. I'll do it. Okay. I'm in like Flynn. Let's go. That sounds good to me. All right. I'm expecting this to be the best fanboy uh, of all time. And they've been going since, what, 2012 or 13, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, so, and they've had a lot of good ones, but this is shaping up to this be one that you huge. You do not want to miss this, people. Uh, no, no, you check don't. Check it out. We share their stuff all the time. Hit us up on our social media and you'll see all of the links to fanboy because even if you're not in the Knoxville, East Tennessee area, guys, it's worth the drive. Knoxville's a great place. Come see Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Uh, aside from that, how's your week been? You know, it's been, it's been busy. Uh, still sort of getting used to uh, the new students for the new semester and getting them accustomed to all of the unusual things that, that they get to do in theater arts class. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a new experience for all of them. So it's fun, you know, getting them acclimated. So we've been doing that and uh, they're really starting to loosen up and have a lot of fun. Takes a couple weeks, but we can usually get them there. And uh, just sort of still buzzing about the great time we had on your big bachelor weekend that we just oh, yeah. had over the past weekend. And when really? I say buzzing, I, I don't mean that in any sort of, uh, alcoholic way yeah anything like that no because it was a very tame like when i told people what i was doing at at school like thursday and friday they were like oh yeah okay i see what's gonna i was like no 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 it's not even gonna be like that it wasn't it was very relaxing low you're probably like no his 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 old ass doesn't do that stuff anymore oh i didn't say that i just (laughs) said you know we're, uh, we're older. We still had now. fun. I mean, we had it. No, of course, we had a great we got time. Got to got to do some karaoke. Got to chill in a hot tub. Oh yeah, uh, in a cabin. Had some good food. Lots looking, of times looking at the stars, and had you know my guys with me. Shockingly, I, I did not expect Hunter to drive all the way from Memphis. Like that's a six-hour drive. Like I tried to explain, you know, like well, he drove from Memphis and and. It might have been Salem because she was like, oh, well, it's part of Tennessee. And I said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. It's the same drive as if I were to leave here right now and go to the beach to like Charleston. It's a six and a half hour drive from where we were to where Hunter lives in Memphis. I was like, that's dedication. Like, I didn't expect him to come to the bachelor party because I was like, I don't know if I would drive six and a half hours for me let alone you know <laughs> doing doing the uh the schooling thing stuff like that and so i was really happy uh, we only had one missing and that was cuz uh Peyton is he's busy as all get out he he's he's the type of person who stays busy weekday weekend 9 to 5 10:30 at night Peyton's always busy with something he's actually the only one of the groomsmen that i did not have any sort of prior connection to at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I, well, I have a connection to him, but I don't really know him. Yeah. Know, like, 
I know who he is. I know of him, but I don't really know him. But all the other guys I I know fairly well. Yeah, Uh, but it was a great weekend. No one put together a a heck of a bachelor party, and it was very, like we said, calm and uh, cool and just laid back. You know, 33 isn't 23. (laughs) So, um, but it was fun having all my guys together and just laughing the the laughing is what made me enjoy it the most like whether we were sitting around at a rest eating out before we went to karaoke or at karaoke or just sitting in the hot tub just the the laughing that we all did the having fun camaraderie yeah that's what uh but yeah we are 25 now as people are listening to this 24 maybe 23 depending on when you listen to it uh, days away from the wedding. And I think the last thing we have to do is get the sparklers for our send off. Other than that, everything's done, man. Well, I got to tell you, there's some excitement in the fortress over here because you've got one of your flower girls hmm. here who uh, has her dress ready to go. And when she found out that I was going with you on your trip to celebrate you getting married she was so concerned that she was going to miss the wedding she's <laughs> like oh but so i'm going too right you know so i had to explain to her no this is a different thing and so she was worried when i came back that i'd gone to the wedding without her uh, so, you know we had to we had to talk about it again and i think we're good now but she's very excited and i'm cute i'm a little excited too so it's going to be a great day. It is cute. It is. It is. Uh, we had a, a nice little message from uh, Uncle Buck for us a few days ago. Said, just listened to your last show. Great as always. Josh was talking about Maverick. I may have told you already, but my brother saw Top Gun when he was 10 and decided that's what he wanted to do. Retired Navy fighter pilot three years ago. The bar in Maverick is the actual bar the squadron hangs out in. And in one scene, you can see a picture of his squadron and his wings on the wall, all out of focus. Ah. Yeah. Oh, Uncle Buck coming in again with just a whammy. That is cool. Wow. Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck is such a cool guy. He is. He RSVP'd. Oh, great. Good. Good. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, but yeah, that was a uh, pretty cool. Uh, not just that he listened, but like, oh wow! So his brother saw the movie and said, "Yep, that's what I want to do." Tyler, we do you ever just stop and think about? We have so many cool connections mm-hmm. to just so many people. Absolutely. I mean, I don't want to just sit here and name drop, but you know what I mean, like. We got connections to like elite people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was like a little, uh, like six degrees sort of to, t- to Tom yeah. Cruise there. I'll take that <laughs> one. But we got some like two degrees to some really big people. Yeah, we but do. Anyway, I don't want to do. brag. Let's move on. But I just think it's cool. We're very lucky. But uh, have you been watching anything else? Um. Well, yeah. Uh, Netflix dropped that 90s show this week. You've been watching that? I have watched about four or five episodes. Uh, I was a big that 70s show fan. I'm a, I'm a sitcom guy, and that's one that I was a big fan of uh, back in the day. So 
they really do it right with the nostalgia and the fan service and stuff, which everybody loves that. Well, I thought um, that it was crazy that this one worked and actually happened because like 10 years ago, they were going to do that 80s show. They, they did it that 80s show, but it was like, not, it was not the same. Like it wasn't really like a spinoff or something gotcha. like that. It was, yeah, gotcha. I never really messed. I didn't with watch that. any of it. Yeah. But so, the way that, that 70s show didn't really end strong because like, you know, Toby or not Toby Topher. Topher Grace left the show and it was like oh, yeah didn't uh, Seth Myers uh Josh Myers Josh his Myers his brother yeah wow wasn't wasn't great wasn't memorable so but yeah it's been good uh they uh Eric and, and Donna have a daughter and uh-huh. her name is Leia so Easter egg joke it's really good. All the uh, legacy cast, minus one who is in some. Yes. You know. Who will probably not be back on TV. Unlikely. Yeah. Uh, but everyone else showed up. That's awesome. So I've really That's, enjoyed it. I have to check it out. I uh, I wasn't a huge 70s show fan because like we've discussed, I'm not a big sitcom guy, but I do love the 90s. So. Yeah. And it's so crazy to me that you're not a sitcom guy because sitcoms it's just like theater. It's just like watching a comedy on stage. Well, see, I, I, I don't equate it to that because the stage, you have to be big. And when things are big on the screen, I, it turns me off, but they like have characters a- are over exaggerated. And like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I like comedy, but I don't like, like if that seventy show was on stage, I wouldn't watch it. If it's just the type of comedy, you know. If Superbad okay. were on stage, I'd watch it. Heck, I'd I'd want to play Seth. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just not a sitcom comedy guy. I know. I guess I just think, but you, I just know that you would do so well if in a sitcom type situation. Because it's oh, just I like know. performing. I'd, I'd perform the hell out of a sitcom. That doesn't mean <laughs> I know what I would do, Josh. Okay, I know I would I would have some Emmys, some Golden Globes on the wall here beside my Batman pictures. You ain't gonna tell me twice. I know I'd well, be good at it. Well then I won't. Yeah, I don't know. I I might have to check it out. We're still working down a long list. We've just finished uh Midnight Mass, which is the third installment in Flanagan's Universe on Netflix. And tonight, before we started recording, uh, she and I did the first two episodes of my favorite of the four, The Midnight Club. It has very, very, very strong ties to Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh. Pike, who wrote these books that The Midnight Club is about, was a fan of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And so is Flanagan. Flanagan's a huge fan. He grew up watching Are You Afraid of the Dark? So it's it's basically like a younger adult version of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Interesting. It's really good. It's really good. It's much more jumpy than the other three. Oh, well, shows. I'll I'll uh, yeah. skip that one. <laughs> but it's my favorite of the of the four. And I, I know that I said he's doing the fall of the House of Usher, but it's not in this first four universe like they're they're anthological 
Well, this, it doesn't make a difference to me. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy it because it's Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Um, and we, we need to try check out that new movie that just dropped on Netflix. It's got Christian Bell, uh, where he plays a detective. And the young cadet that helps him solve the crime is a young Edgar Allan Poe. And some of the cases that is going on at this cadet school are what drive Poe to become an author. It's a movie? It's a net, straight-to-Netflix movie. Christian Bell's in it. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I saw the trailer for it the other day. I was like, that looks good. Okay. I'll give it a go. I think it's called The Pale Blue Eye. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's check it out. Um, and we also, of course, did a uh, special uh, little watch along for Raw 30. Raw turned us and, us and everybody else. They had a 2.3 million viewers, I think, was mm-hmm. the, the tally on that. And they had like a gate record at mm-hmm. uh, wherever they were, Philly. Philly. Yeah. So City of Brotherly Love. I think the uh, the hype was a lot bigger than what we ended up with. Well, I think you agree. I don't want to sound rude, but I mean, by all means, I think, I think that surrounds you. Sometimes I think you subtly really hype yourself up, even though you don't talk like you're really hyped up. I think in your soul, in your heart, you already set this expectation. Like I didn't have any expectations. Raw 25 was bad. So I didn't expect like, oh, just because it's Raw 30, you know. Yeah, but that was Vince's Raw 25. Vince. This one was pretty good. I mean, considering it was H, I think this the big thing that we were expecting is Rocky. Yeah. Well, they had said on Raw 30, we're doing a, and then all of a sudden, like, they scrapped it. Then it was the... The and trial it was just the trial. It, was, it wasn't the acknowledgement ceremony that they talked about just a few days prior. Oh, shmooly. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand why they do that stuff. And then to scrap the Becky Lynch match, too, just because the DX segment was long. No, that wasn't it. It was because the Roman Reigns segment. Roman Reigns segment was long. Because Paul Heyman did a whole... It was amazing it was yeah. great so fantastic know, i'm not dissing paul Heyman, but he went on for a long time so that was why because dx was after that yeah i just don't and, and vince would not like we advertised a match and then we didn't have the match yeah i know vince mcmahon would, would have an issue with that so a little nerd nerdly news here to discuss one name has been launched into the Hall of Fame of Hollywood stars. Zoe Saldana. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. The first and only actor to have four movies cross the two billion threshold. The billion dollar queen. Two avatars I, and two I, Avengers. Yeah, I love me some some Zoe Saldana. She's fantastic. Uh, at work, there's this uh, girl named Maddie, and every time she works, she 
comes in and immediately turns on one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Doesn't have to start in order. Doesn't have to be in order. She'll just turn on one of them. And it was the other day that I was reminded that mm-hmm. she has a small part in that first movie. That's right. Anna Maria. Mm-hmm. Where he owes her a boat. But yeah, Zoe Saldana. The queen of the billion dollar movie, the only actor in Hollywood. And without going on too much of a of a tangent, I just want to say that it is just absolutely fantastic that it is Zoe Saldana and not some old, established, rude Hollywood actor. That it is someone who is nice and passionate and loves doing what she does. And is just this big nerdy soul. Like if you watch her, she's fantastic. So four movies, the only person with four movies to cross the 2 billion mark. Holy crap. Imagine even if she just got 1% of each of those movies, we'd be set for life, bro. I'd be okay with it. I, I'd, be, I wouldn't I'd be fine with it. I'd make do, I suppose. I guess. So like then her- from, from the penthouse, to the outhouse oh, justin roland from uh rick and morty yeah uh I-, I saw the news allegations of domestic abuse Yeesh. so adult swim uh has parted ways with the co-creator however they will recast voices i guess he did the voices he did he was rick and morty well you know me sure. I-, I am not a fan so i did not know that I enjoy Rick and Morty, but I am not like an avid, yeah. you know, follower. Let's say that. Well, that's I crazy. Like um, I, I don't know the the true details. Just just what? Um, I think there's there's been uh, allegations about him for a long time. I, I don't know if it were these same ones or what, mm-hmm. but I've heard in the past that he's not a pleasant fellow. So, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. Well, uh, another crazy tidbit here. Earth's inner core may have paused its rotation and reversed, a new study suggests. But what does that mean? So a new study shows that uh, a lot of the changes, uh, and they believe that it happened the first time it ever paused its rotation was back around 2007, 2006, that it's not rotating the same direction that it used to rotate. Have you always heard the myth, like what would happen if the earth just stopped? Like, would we all go flying forward? Like, yeah, yeah. Like in a car or something deep in the center of the earth is the inner core, which spans roughly 746 miles and is composed of primarily pure solid iron. NASA explains though, We've long believed and research has shown that the inner core rotates. A new study suggests it may have recently paused its spin and reversed its direction. Deep in the center of the earth, the liquid outer core that surrounds the inner core causes earth's magnetic field. According to NASA, as the molten iron and nickel in the outer core move, they create electrical currents that result in a magnetic field. The outer core also allows the inner core to spin on its own. 
Though scientists can't track the core directly, they can analyze seismic waves caused by earthquakes mm. and Cold War era nuclear weapon tests as they reach the core. That's what the study shows. Mm -hmm. Co-author Yi Yang and Zhadong Song, seismologists at Peking University in Beijing, did for their new research, which was published in the Nature Geoscience Journal on Monday. Based on the analysis, the seismic waves caused by similar earthquakes dating back to the 1960s, they found the inner core's rotation seems to have paused between 2009 and 2020 and have been reversing slowly by small amounts in the other direction. Well, those were words. So basically what they're saying is that through all these tests that we are able to measure what the core is doing and what inner core and outer core and all that do. And that's what gives us the magnetic fields is the friction of the inner core and the outer core going in different directions. So the tests that they have run, these seismologists have found that somewhere between 2009 and 2020, the core started slowing down and then paused for a little bit and reversed its direction. Yes. So we are going in a different direction. Our inner core technically is going in a different direction. So like, are we going to start moving backwards in time or something? Uh, there are some beliefs that it it's what's affecting the weather so much. Mm. The fact that there has been somewhat of a shift in weather. Winter is later here in the South now than it used to be. Um, and some of these seismologists believe that it can have other effects. Those will remain to be seen. Maybe, maybe we'll start, uh, I don't know, seeing some, some other little things like glitches, maybe glitches in the, in the matrix, just uh, because the inner core portals to the upside down portals. Yeah. New creatures no. showing up. Yeah. Sounds great. Pretty much have said like, it's, it's nothing to really worry about. No. Like apocalyptic that's, wise. That's what that's what they want you to think. Because they've uh they believe that it's this isn't the first time that it's rotated, that it just does it every oh yeah, yeah. And that's what, 70 that, years or so. That's that's what the dinosaurs said when they discovered uh the inner crust rotating, <laughs> and they said, <laughs> Oh, it's not the first time, it'll be okay. And then everything will be what? all right. It's what they're not here anymore. It's okay, it's gonna be all right. No pasanada. Well, let me tell you, they might be. You never know. Alligators are dinosaurs. Oh, it's okay. We have the Avengers. They can protect yeah. us. Don't, don't expect the Justice League to do anything about it because they can't figure out who's in the Justice yeah. League right now. But, but the Avengers... But when James Gunn gets that figured out, we'll let you know. Exactly. Speaking of Marvel's Avengers, uh, the game is dead. And by that, I mean... Oh, just you know, now? That, that crappy not really good Marvel's Avengers game, uh, which I enjoyed because it was proof that not everything Marvel touches is golden. You did genuinely like it more than I did. Uh, more than you. Yes. I yes. thought I liked the story. Yeah. I liked the story more than you did, but then it just started getting repetitive. Yeah. Not good. Um, well, what a shame. I'm sure it will not be missed by many 
people at all. No, probably not. So, I hesitated to want to talk about this. This little <laughs> thing that happened this week. Um, and I'm going to say two letters, and everyone will know it. M&M. M&Ms, people. This is, this is how I'm going to word it. If I were another country and I were watching America closely and I were to see that in 2023 they have had more shootings than there are days in 2023. But the thing we're upset about is those cartoon candy commercials, the M&M's that they're getting a little too inclusive. That's what we're stopping. That's what we're putting a stop to. We look like a joke. Again, not that we... This isn't the first time we've looked like a joke, I'm sure. But yes, uh, M&M's, those fantastic melt-in-your-mouth, not-in-your-hand candies that it's basically the same flavor, but we get tricked by the different colors. I no, guess... The- the the red ones are different. <laughs> the, the green ones are definitely different. What has happened is some far more conservative media outlets have said, have noticed that the M&M commercials are getting very inclusive, including the shoes that these cartoon characters wear. Uh, something to do with the shoes. I didn't see the commercial. I love the commercials. I have since I was a kid. I could still quote the Christmas one where Santa and the red and yellow meet for the ah, They do exist. He does exist. Um, I think it's so insane, man. <laughs> like, I just laugh when I read it. I was like, oh, my God. I, every, I feel like there's more important things to freak out about and to, to want to fix in this world as opposed to cartoon candy commercial. It's a shame that these snowflakes are so offended by a cartoon commercial of candy that they raise immortal cane to get the candies replaced by an actress. That's right. M&Ms are stepping away from the commercial of cartoon candies that we all grew up with and they are going to include Maya Rudolph as their new spokesperson so as we don't offend the easily offended people that were offended by yet again cartoon commercial that is offensive yes uh, so that's all I'm going to say speaking of other outrage uh, have you watched the new Velma yet? No. I haven't either. Apparently, it's terrible. Yeah. It I heard that. beat Dragon Ball Evolution. It finally unsat the king of terrible IP. It unsat Dragon Ball Evolution as the worst ranked entertainment on IMDb. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this Mindy Kaling's thing? Yes. Oh, okay. She took some serious liberties with the characters. Yeah, I heard that. Not just like, like when I saw the first little bits of Elma, I was like, oh, okay, well, 
Velma's skin color or Velma's orientation doesn't bug me. Fictional character. Fictional characters. But I guess things are just so different than even people who are a little more progressive like us are even saying this is terrible. Yeah, the personalities were bad, I heard. Like they made Daphne just this vapid, terrible human being. Yep. And it's like, okay, well, now you're starting to play with, I don't know. I mean, I get it. I get you want to make something a little different. But some well, of these characters, man, it's not classics. the first not the first time that someone's taken cartoon characters and done something crazy with them. Do you remember mm-hmm. the adult Ren and Stimpy that they had on Spike TV or whatever? Ooh, do I ever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I yeah, saw that I one do. time and I was like, wait, what's happened here? Wait, Nickel- what's this? Nickelodeon's really changed. Uh, Ren and Stimpy. Let me tell you about it. Okay. It took two because of Ren and Stimpy and like Rocco's Modern Life. It took too long in my childhood for me to realize that it wasn't true that green mist signified something smelly. Like as a kid watching Ren and Stimpy and I Real Monsters and stuff like that, I thought that if something smelled bad, it truly did radiate with a green mist that you could see from a distance. So that you would know, don't walk up to that. It smells bad. I mean, I'm, oh. tell- I'm saying it was like fourth grade before I realized that that wasn't a real thing. Well, so basically you're saying you were really dumb. I, I was just oblivious <laughs> to it. Like I bought in so much to this animated world that I grew up in that I was like, wait, wait, this thing stinks. And my teacher is like, it's trash. Of course it stinks. But like. Where's the green mist that radiates off of smelly stuff? I always thought it was like smoke. Like she is like, you like mean a- in cartoons, Tyler? Yeah. I was like, yeah. She's like, well, that's not a thing. I was like, wait, wait, wait. You're telling me that I can't see stink? Like I, I can't see the green stuff coming out. She's like, oh. no, Tyler, no. I was like, well, what are you going to tell me next? Huh? Easter Bunny's not real? Stop the the world. I want to get off. So another outrageous thing. Carol Baskin's husband has been found. Uh, I heard nothing about this. Really? Is this true? Yes. Where? How? Carol Baskin's husband was in hiding the entire time. No Trying to get away from her. Is he still alive? Crazy self. Yes, he... he's still alive. He is still alive. And wow. And I'm I'm going to read this this article to you. So during an appearance on ITV's This Morning, Baskins explained that after the Tiger King 2 sequel was released, a special agent at the Department of Homeland Security provided a letter to the detective in charge of Lewis's disappearance that said that DHS located him and that he's alive and well and living in Costa Rica. (laughs) Imagine. Oh, no. Imagine how. And and poor poor Tiger King's been in jail saying, I know she did it. She killed her husband. She killed her own husband. And now look at this. This guy was probably like, they're both nuts. I'm out of here. By the way, uh, 
Kate McKinnon played Carol Baskin on the Peacock Carol show. I, I she did. She did better than uh, the guy did. She was great. He wasn't bad, but like that whole show was good. I loved it. I liked it better than the actual Tiger King. Uh, yeah, I think I did too. Yeah, but it's crazy. The man just like ran away. And I bet Carol is just like, ha, 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 ha. What now? I told you I didn't kill him. He was like, Jeez. no, but we need to talk about the other thing. Like, why did he leave? Why did he run away, Carol? <laughs> they probably thought you were well, going to feed him to I the mean, tiger. She's pretty crazy about these she's cats. Nuts. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I love my cat, but is it really a question? This woman's crazy. So, uh, Another sad piece of news. Uh, in a recent interview, Mark Hamill stated that he does not see returning to the Joker without Kevin Conroy. Yeah. And think, in all honesty, yeah, I don't think I would want him as Joker yeah. if I couldn't have Conroy's Batman. I think it's only right. And you know? I, I thought that they had said they were going to stop a long time ago. After Arkham. When we got him for Arkham Night. City night that's what i meant arkham night it was like oh i can't believe it happened mm -hmm. and there was another one that they did uh the the one we saw in the theater which one was that huh like an animated movie yeah oh the killing joke that was it yeah the killing yeah. joke they did that yeah. too and yeah. i want to say that that was one that happened after yeah arkham night so when they were supposed to retire yeah so we got so much out of it. But hey, man, I mean, yeah. it's our Joker. And mm -hmm. if, if he says that he's not comfortable without his partner in crime, I support it. I do too. I'd be the same way. Uh, I read the story. I, I've got to see this horror movie. If any of the listeners have have seen it or heard of it, it's called Skinamarink. Skinamarink. Uh, it's a lo-fi horror movie. It made nearly sixty thousand its budget in under a week. Apparently, it's just phenomenal and did not take much to produce. Forgive my ignorance here. What is lo-fi? Hi-fi, lo-fi, low budget. Oh, oh, of course. Okay, sorry. Moving on, uh, Miss Marvel was crowned, and you know how much I trust and love this company. Rotten Tomatoes was crowned Rotten Tomatoes best reviewed superhero TV series last year. Well, all right then. Yeah. I, like I think Marvel. it might've, it might've been one of my favorites of 2022. Mm -hmm. It's weird. In 2022, we had better Marvel shows than Marvel movies. We did that. We did. It's odd. Yeah. In the last little bit, did you see what Rogan said about the cw i did not the, uh, this is funny and it's clearly so rogan he was on the stage uh at the critic choice awards uh to present the winner for best comedy series he actually got on the mic saying he, he said that it was his first time at the critics choice awards and questioned if they always give two awards out at the same time the actor was referring to that they gave the supporting actor and actress award out at the same time instead of individually like every other show does uh he said that he thought it was weird uh why do they do that 
are we crunched for time? Get another hour. It can't be that expensive. You know how I know that? This show airs at 4 p.m. on the CW. That cannot be a pricey time slot from my understanding of how all this works. He continued on saying, I'm not saying the CW is bad. What I will say is that the one net the it's the one network to receive zero critics choice nominations. You are saying it's bad. We're on your least favorite network. How did that happen? Nominate yourselves next time. You probably would have won. <laughs> what wow. I gonna say? I mean, ever since the days of Supernatural. Uh, CW's gone downhill with their content. They've got, you know, because they're they're slowly losing all the DC shows. And Winchester's is okay, but it's no supernatural. The CW's not as strong as it was five years ago. Yeah, and even then, though, really wasn't that strong. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know Supernatural was a big deal, but... Well, yeah, but we also had Arrow, Flash... You know, I mean, that's legends, uh, Batwoman. It's still like one of the least like, oh, it's it's yeah. Yeah, it's it's no USA or TNT or it's low, not mid. Is that how they say? Yeah, Yeah, it's low, not mid. Yeah. As the kids say something like that. So the last segment we want to get to before we take a quick break is, uh, you know, we did talk about we watched the raw 30th a little underwhelming for. Uh, some people, but uh, what are some things that stuck out to you about Raw 30th? Yeah, Raw 30th. The opening segment with the trial of Sami Zayn. Normally, I don't go for the sports entertainment mm-hmm. part as much as the wrestling part and like the big moment part. Uh, mm-hmm. The long, drawn out stuff I don't usually care for, but I enjoyed that because it's Paul Heyman and he's so good. Roman Reigns is great. Sami Zayn, great. All of it was good. So I enjoyed that a lot. But I think the whole Undertaker, uh, Bray Wyatt, passing of the torch thing, that was really big. That was a big deal. Yeah, um, it stuck out to me. And also, and that's something we've talked about for years, of, yeah. of that actually happening. And it's always cool to see the DX guys get together but you know if you've seen one of those little reunions you've seen them all they're all the yeah. same they're they're fun or whatever but and did we have to go that long if it means the girls couldn't have their cage match i thought that it would have been funnier if they had treated kurt like billy like he was just a stand-in like they didn't call him kurt they didn't act like he was kurt they let he just came out and would do Billy stuff. Like if they actually treated him like a Billy stand in, they would have to establish like, I, I like that. They did the, Oh, Kurt, what are you here. doing here? What the heck here? You do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I loved the, that moment there where they're all like, no, I can't do it anymore. It's not going to be me. I'm retired. I'm old. Hell, I'm fat. I can't do it. Well, I'm not doing it. And then when they were like, Kurt will do it. Nope. No, I won't. I won't do it. I think that that is a cool little, like, them just subtly saying, no, it's not us anymore, which a lot of fans 
probably were like, you damn right. It's not you all anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Give us the new talent. The nostalgia stuff is, is great. Yeah. Okay. Especially for us because we grew up in the attitude era, mm. but we just, we got to start making new moments. We got to mm-hmm. start making new stars. We need, we need new stuff that 20 years from now they're having the, you know, Austin theory come back, you know, yeah. to do something like the that. The Rollins or the, or the Rollins. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. But that leads us up to what's coming up this weekend. The Royal Rumble. Yeah. Our favorite pay-per-view of the year. What do you all think? Who do you got winning? Who do you got surprising us? What number is going to win? Let us know. Hit us up on the hashtag 30 and nerdy pod. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to step away for a second. And when we come back, we are going to be talking about the history and the many faces of the boy wonder himself. Robin. When 30 and nerdy podcast returns. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions. Or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, Guys. Oh, oh, hey, Producer, producer Michael. Michael oh, hi. Well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. Rolling out, no worries, no cares. When the car came out of nowhere, that's when my whole world changed. Pills for the pain, medical bills insane. Lucky for me, I dialed OEB. Boom, turn your wreck into a check. The ones for you now call OEB Law. Boom, turn your wreck into a check. We got your back now, call OEB Law. Woke up all broke up and messed up. Laying there in pain as if it wasn't bad enough. Couldn't work much and the bills are piling up. Insurance company wasn't paying up. I was down, I was out, but I wasn't quite done. Call 5461111. You're in pain, yeah, we got you. You can't pay, yeah, we got you too. Boom. Turn your wreck into a check. The ones for you now call OEB Law. Boom. Turn your wreck into a check. We got your back now call OEB Law. Boom. Turn your wreck into a check. We got your back now call OEB Law. 30 and Nerdy Podcast is brought to you by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Established in the summer of 2015, Tennessee Legend Distillery is more than just another moonshine stop in the Smoky Mountains. From our multi-award winning silky smooth salted caramel whiskey to our King Snake two-year-old bourbon whiskey, our local favorite vodka, and even our legendary line of cream liqueurs, there is something for everyone. Focusing on a small town vibe, our family and friend owned and operated business has kept us grounded to the heritage of the volunteer state with our fun, courteous, and smiling staff. 
Come in for free tastings and leave with your spirit of choice, whether it be Richard's Damn Good Gin or the legendary Hammershine. You can find us on social media by searching Tennessee Legend Distillery, where you can see behind-the-scenes features, new deals, and our always fan-favorite Thirsty Thursday cocktail recipes. Now, we do have two locations here in Sevierville, one on Highway 66, one on Newport Highway. We also have locations in Cookville and Nashville. If you do visit our Sevierville location located at 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway, tell them the guys at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. You'll receive a free shot glass and 15% off your purchase. What are you waiting for? Come be a legend at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Cheers to you, nerds. Hi, I'm Adam Leader. I'm the writer and co-director of FEMI, and you're listening to 30 and Nerdy Podcast. You're overwhelmed. Freeze was underwhelmed. Why isn't anyone ever just whelmed? What's your name? Carrie. Carrie Kelly. Robin. You know, I thought... I thought I'd be the last person you'd ever let him hurt. If it had been you that he'd beat to a bloody pulp, if he had taken you from this world, I would have done nothing but search the planet for this pathetic pile of evil death-worshipping garbage and send him off to hell! Or, what's that stand for? Robin. Riddler and Two-Face can make a pretty lethal combination. Figured you could use a hand. Two against two are better odds. I can't promise I won't kill Harvey. A man's gotta go his own way. A friend told me that. Not just a friend. A partner. Welcome back, nerds and nerdettes. We are talking about one half of the dynamic duo. Everyone's favorite boy wonder. Robin. Holy sidekick, Batman. Throughout his storied history, the boy and sometimes girl of wonder has built quite a legacy for themselves uh, with various heroes spending time in the red, green, and gold and more than a few deaths and resurrections. Robin has never ceased to entertain and surprise now in over 75 years. 80 now almost. Over 80 years now. So we are talking about robin here we got the history of him and we're going to talk about some of the faces some of the voices this is an alias of uh several superheroes as we said appearing in the dc comics uh the character was originally created by bob kane bill fanger and jerry robinson to serve as a junior counterpart to this and sidekick of the superhero batman as a team batman and robin have been commonly referred to as the cape crusaders and the dynamic duo the character's first incarnation, Dick Grayson, Juice's favorite Robin. Yes. Debuted in Detective Comics number 38 in April of 1940. Conceived as a way to attract young readership, Robin garnered overwhelmingly positive critical reception, doubling the sales of the Batman titles. Robin's early adventures included Star Spangled Comics number 65 through 130 from 1947 to 1952. The character's first solo feature, uh, he made regular appearances in Batman-related comic books and other DC comic publications from 1940 through the early 1980s 
until the character set aside the Robin identity and became the independent superhero Nightwing. Yes, my boy. It is. I'm a Nightwing guy. It's interesting that uh, the idea of bringing Robin in was to gain what is it, young readership. Young readership. Well, who was reading it already? <laughs> grown-ups? Not, uh, not grown-ups, but not like 10 and 11-year-olds. Well, I guess. The second incarnation of the Robin was Jason Todd. First appeared in Batman number 357, 1983. Began to make regular appearances through Batman-related comic books until 1988 when he was murdered by the Joker in a popular storyline called Death in a Family, which came out the, Lord, the year we were born. Uh, Jason later found himself alive after a reality-changing incident and eventually became the Red Hood. Now, this happened because of the... The phone, the phone call, the call in. They gave people like a number to call in. Yeah. Uh, they said, it was, should we kill Robin? Should we kill Jason Todd? They, yeah, they wanted to see like, okay, do they care about him? Because if they do, they'll save him. And if not, then okay. Mm-hmm. And so they did vote to kill him, but it was a really close vote. It was 5,343 yeses to 5,271 noes. Wow. And just like that. Jason Todd was no more. And I think that he might have more changes in his origin than any of the other ones. Jason? Yeah, because Mm -hmm. originally his origin was very similar Mm -hmm. to Dick Grayson. Mm -hmm. And then they... Then they kind of changed it to like he was stealing the wheels off the Batmobile. and little little street urchin kid. Yeah. Yeah. And after he was gone, of course, uh, we get the third incarnation of Tim Drake. See, I think a lot of people... would say that he's not their favorite, but I also would say Tim Drake is a slept on Robin. Yeah, but like his dad found out he was ba- uh, running around with Batman and told him to quit. Yeah. So his girlfriend took over. The original yeah. spoiler was his girlfriend. Not that yeah. not that girls can't be Robin, but like it's like, uh, hey, dude, uh, I know we're about to fight, but my dad said I can't. So my girlfriend's going to tag in and she's going to take you out. She's going to whip your ass, Steve. Ass. That's, that's sort of what it felt like yeah it did feel that way but he did uh have some success uh tim drake had a very uh successful run as robin began in 1983 and ended in early 2009 uh which also helped his transition from sidekick to a superhero in his own right 2004 storylines established dc comics character stephanie brown became the fourth robin for a short time before the role reverted back to Tim Drake. Now, Stephanie was his girlfriend that was uh, Ta- tagging in to take over. Yeah, tagging in to take over. Daddy said, Stop. Yeah. My dad said, I had to be home. Well, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to put on this costume and I'm going to whip her ass if you, can't, if you can't stay out, Alice. <laughs> the next succession in Robin and a lot of modern fans' favorites is Damian Wayne. Yeah. Uh, Damien is, as the last name tells, the biological son of Bruce Wayne and one Talia Al Ghul. So he is half Cape Crusader, half Demon's Head, pretty much. Yeah, and Damien was like a test tube baby, actually, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Like, uh, she, he she, was not conceived. She she put him in like a special yeah. thing to make him genetically perfect. Yes. Yes, he was the perfect killer. 
He had the best of both worlds, the best genes from her and Bruce. Uh, and Bruce, of course, had no uh, knowledge of this until one one faithful day that Talia is like, you know what? <laughs> He's 11. It's your turn to take care of him. I'm Here gone. Go. From, I've got to go on a mission. Why don't you take care of our son? Wait, what son? Oh, this this kid that I've been raising since he was born. This is surprise. your surprise. Surprise. This is Damien. Damien, this and, is your dad. And and he's such a polite young man. Mm. Uh, very respectful. The best we'll of do, the best, man. Uh, we'll do all of his chores. Mm-hmm. Be in by curfew. And we'll Listen, never back to Listens you. to his elders. Yeah. Wouldn't kill a soul. No. Uh, wrong. Uh, Damien is is uh, a tough nut to crack in the beginning. Uh, is, it takes a long time of him seeing Batman's way. Is Damien in Titans? Yeah. Oh, wait. The live action? Yeah. No. No. He's in the animated Titans. The new stuff. The animated movies like Titans, Jericho, Judas Contract. Oh, okay. Titans yeah. Yeah, yeah. Damien's the Robin. Uh, no, he has not uh, showed up. This Bruce probably does not. There probably will not be a Damien in this Titans. Gotcha. Especially since they just dropped that it's ending. Yeah. You know, season four will be its last. That and Doom Patrol. So uh, sadly, we probably will not see Damien. And this Bruce Wayne kind of sucks. I do not. I love Ian Glenn in Game of Thrones, and he was in an episode of Haven, and he was creepy. And he was in Tomb Raider. He was in Tomb Raider, but I do. He is a. He is the worst Bruce Wayne slash Batman for the fact that he is a sociopath. He is a terrible father, and he they make you hate Bruce Wayne with his characterization of it. So. He's worse than George Clooney. Different kind of worse. He's not like, oh, this redemption. Redemption. He's like, you're just like, you're a terrible father. Like, you're a terrible mentor. Like, it's just so different than any of the other Bruce Waynes that we've been given. And I, I, I get it. It's something new. It's an iteration, and it's maybe a little more down to earth on what Bruce Wayne probably would be like. Uh, but HBO Batman. It is just not a likable character. Uh, it's just not. Damien succeeds and uh, takes over Robin while Tim Drake becomes Red Robin. Red Robin. Yum. Yum. Uh, the current and former Robins always feature prominently in Batman's cast of supporting heroes. Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, and Damien Waynes all regard him as father. In current continuity, as of 2021, uh, Dick Grayson serves as Nightwing. Uh, Jason Todd is the Red Hood. Stephanie Brown is Batgirl. And Tim Drake has picked up the mantle of Robin again after a stint as Red Robin. Yum. Damien has left behind the title of Robin, but remains the title character in the Robin comic book. In recent years, Batman has also adopted new sidekicks in the form of Bluebird whose name references Robin and the signal. So there's, I don't understand. Damien left Robin behind. Yeah. But he's the, but he's his, the, his solo Robin comic book 
is he's just Damien. It's it's just Damien. Okay, Damien I mean, post Robin. Post Robin. Yes. Post. Uh, there's and this a, is this is after he's been like resurrected and all that stuff. Yeah. Obviously. There's a pretty cool uh, movie out right now. It's called um, Battle of the Super Sons. I saw that actually. It's Damien and Superboy. I, Jonathan I saw Kent, Superboy. I saw that it was on uh, HBO Max. I didn't watch. We should it, check right? that. I haven't watched it. I've, it okay. looks cool. The trailer was cool. Yeah. But yeah, and like we talked about last week when we were talking about Batman Incorporated. Batman has had many a sidekicks aside from Robin, like Bluebird and the Signal and Orphan and Spoiler and Arrowette. And so it, it feels like what started out as this dark, menacing vigilante has now become like, oh, what's do we have a lot of solo Batman stories anymore? No, no. Like, it's like he has to have a sidekick now. Or a whole team or a whole team or a whole globe of teams. Juice, why don't you tell us about the Robins? Well, let's start with, in my opinion, the best of the Robins, the OG Robin, Dick Grayson. Uh, So he's the first Robin who grows up to be Nightwing, who's one of my favorite superheroes of all time. Um, I'm a big Dick Grayson guy love uh, him as robin and as nightwing so and he also becomes batman a few times as well Mm -hmm. he takes over Mm -hmm. so in the comics dick grayson was an eight-year-old acrobat and the youngest of a family act called the flying graysons and they were known for like taking these big death-defying leaps without the safety of a net right Mm. so one day a gangster named boss zuko tony zuko loosely uh he was based on the actor edward g robinson's character Uh, but he'd been extorting money from the circus he was saying Mm -hmm. like oh you know you need to pay us for protection and they refused so he basically sabotaged the the trapeze act yeah so that john and mary dick grayson's parents would fall to their deaths so batman investigated the crime and as bruce wayne he had dick put under his custody as his legal ward and then together they investigated zuko collected all the evidence needed to bring him to justice Mm -hmm. so from his debut appearance in 1940 through 1969 robin was called the boy wonder and then batman creates a costume for dick consisting of a red tunic the yellow cape Green gloves, green boots, green spandex, briefs, and a utility belt. And since he's older, uh, graduated from high school and enrolled in Hudson University, he continued his career as the teen wonder from 1970 into the early 1980s. He's got to grow up, right? Uh, yeah. As so we all he, was, do. he was discovered by a whole new generation of fans, though, during mm-hmm. the 1980s because of the success of the new Teen Titans which he leaves Batman's shadow entirely to become Nightwing. Ah, yes. He aids Batman throughout the later storyline regarding the several conflicts with Jason Todd until he makes his final return as the Red Hood. Jason Todd, that is. Mm, Red Hood. Yeah. One of my favorites of the DC animated movies, even though it wasn't Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. That's actually one of my uh, least favorite. Hood. Yeah, it's one of my least favorite Jokers of all time. But oh. I still, I love the whole Jason Todd Red Hood storyline. That was DiMaggio. Yeah, he was bad. Yeah. It was so just boring. Ugh. Yeah. 
terrible. Otherwise, a good movie. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so Grayson temporarily took over the role of Batman because Bruce was like, you know, just traveling through time. No big deal. Yeah. And I thought, didn't he also like when Bane broke Bruce's broke back. back, didn't he step yeah. in then too? Mm-hmm. So he was using the aid of Damien, uh, made him the new Robin. So he was the one who kind of got him started. Mm-hmm. And um, they defeated Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. And Bruce came back. Grayson went back to being Nightwing. Yeah. And we kind of hinted on that last week because he's stuck in the past. When he comes back, he goes back to being Batman. Did you know that uh, Robin, the whole idea for Robin originally came from Robin Hood? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they read Robin Hood books. Like he had, when they were trying to come up with the name, he had like a Robin Hood book in his hand. And was just like, oh, Robin. Kind of worked Why out. Not? You know, that orange-breasted bird. So then we get our second Robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is killed off and brought back as a villain. Then he's an anti-hero, the Red Hood. And he's sort of had this common theme of like, he's trying to redeem himself, mm-hmm. but he's still a little... There's, a, there's an inherent aggression in him and aggression yeah Yeah. so dc was really hesitant to turn dick grayson into nightwing and replace him with a new robin because change is hard you know sometimes people don't like change Mm. so to minimize the change they made the new robin jason peter todd who first appeared in this was batman number 357 in 1983 and they made him very similar to dick grayson so just like him he was the son of circus acrobats murdered by a criminal. This time it was Killer Croc. Yeah. One of the worst villains, I think, of Batman's rogues. Yeah. No. Uh, but then he was adopted by Bruce Wayne. Just, again, like Dick Grayson. Yeah. Do you so ever the- think that, like, in that moment, Bruce was like, hmm, there seems to be a pattern here. I keep adopting orphans from it does seem dead, familiar, dead no. circus acts. But in this uh, incarnation, though, he was he had like red hair. Mm-hmm. He was really cheerful. He wore his circus costume to fight until Dick Grayson presented him with a Robin suit. Like mm-hmm. Here, this is, and then he dyed his hair and everything. But then there's, and DC's done two or three different rebirths and revamps. So there's mm-hmm. like the Crisis on Infinite Earths and New Fifty Two and Rebirth and all that stuff. So after that they sort of redid things. So like Dick Grayson's origin and his years with Batman and growth into Nightwing remained all the same for the most part. But Jason Todd, on the other hand, he was completely changed. So now he had black hair and he was this like kid on the street who was trying to jack the tires off the Batmobile. (laughs) And so Batman was like, okay, I'm going to take this kid in because I don't want him to grow up to be a criminal. And one day I'll be punching him in the face like all these other guys. Yeah. So he's like, all right, I'm going to put you in school. So he put him in a school for like troubled kids. And weeks later, after Dick Grayson became Nightwing and Todd proved his crime fighting worth by helping Batman catch a gang of robbers, he was then offered uh, to be Robin. Yeah. So then, you know, he had his little run here for a while. And then they had the vote. The fans call in and vote, you know, do we kill him or not? And they did. It was a very, very close call, though. Very close uh, vote. Very close. But he was murdered by the Joker, uh, and this was in A Death in the Family. So he beats him to death with a crowbar and then blows up the building. 
But that's okay, though, because it's a comic book and everybody mm-hmm. comes back. You don't really die in comics. Uh, so he comes back as the Red Hood, which was the original alias of the Joker. Mm-hmm. So a little different spin on that. Paying homage. But, and he was brought back to life due to the changes in reality and everything. Mm-hmm. The continuity changes following the new 52 DC Comics relaunch uh, made uh, Jason the leader of the Outlaws, which is like a superhero team with Starfire and Arsenal and all mm. these guys who had connections to the original Robin in Titans. Arsenal. Arsenal is uh, uh, one of the Roy Harpers. He's the original Roy Harper who uh, is stolen uh, by Luther or Savage or one of them. Razal Ghul, I can't remember. Uh, he's stolen by them, and they take his arm and clone him into Red Red Arrow, Roy Harper, Green Arrow sidekick. Okay. And then so when everything gets fixed and the clone realizes, like, holy shit, I'm actually a clone. And the real they find the real Roy Harper, who's pissed off that it took them so long to find him. And, like, you couldn't tell. You know, I've been your sidekick, Oliver, for how long? And you couldn't tell that this was a different guy. Like none of you all could tell. So then Lex gives him this awesome cannon arm thing that changes into stuff and he becomes Arsenal. So there's Red Arrow, Arsenal are both Harpers. The Guardian, who's a Harper clone as well. And then they're all three Ugh. connected with Green Arrow. Everybody is a clone or a... Uh, yeah, or a double or yeah. a test tube baby. But so, Jason, Jason as Robin, he was, like we said, he was really violent and like aggressive. Mm. And I think there was one point like he even used a gun and Batman was like, no, 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 no. That's not how we do things here. So we had really had a hard time with him. Mm-hmm. So what, uh, what do you think the question I had is how could they tell people weren't bonding with this Robin comic book sales? Is that because it's, you know, like they were like, I mean, well, I we, guess that's the only way there's no social media. Then yeah, it's a lot of like people were... wrote in, like they wrote mm-hmm. letters into the, the publishing. Yes. Yeah. So you think At they got they a lot of letters know. saying Jason yeah. Todd sucks. They must've. It's <laughs> weird. Yeah. So let's talk about the next one. Tim Drake. Yeah. So I don't know a ton about Tim Drake and he's probably my least favorite one. So I know a little bit. Well, you want to talk about Tim Drake then? I'll talk a little bit about you, Tim Drake. You handle this one. Um, he is the one that takes over, obviously, after Jason is killed. He has also gone as Red Robin after Damien became Robin. Uh, DC Comics was left uncertain about reader's decision, uh, even though they did go with the vote. That's got to be still weird, like, oh, man, we just listened to the to the audience and we killed off a character, but we still need a Robin. So here comes. Here comes Tim Drake, a Robin that they made a little bit more original. They didn't copy anything really like they did with Jason Todd uh, initially, um, but. The third Robin, Timothy Drake, first appeared in a flashback in Batman number 436 in 1989. As a pre-adolescent boy introduced by writer Marv Wolfman, interior penciler Pat Broderick, and anchor John Beatty. 
Drake's first name was a nod to Tim Burton, yeah. director of the 1989 Batman film. The character first donned the Robin costume and became associated with the third version of Robin in the acclaimed A Lonely Place of Dying, which was a sequel storyline, uh, which culminated in issue number 442, written by Marv Wolfman. Now, in the comics, Tim Drake was a late pre-adolescent boy who had followed the adventures of Batman and Robin ever since witnessing the murder of the Flying Graysons. He was at right. the show. Yeah, and I like that origin. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I, I, I like that one. So he eventually figured out their identities. He surmised, using his investigative seals, that Bruce Wayne was Batman and Dick Grayson was Robin. I think it was because he was like a fan of the Graysons. He mm-hmm. recognized a move, the moves he was yeah. doing yeah. and made the connection. When he would watch him fight on the news or in person, he'd be like, that's a Grayson. Yeah, which yeah. I love that. I love yes. that they immediately are like, oh, he's connected to them. He was there witnessing it. And he's obviously a skilled detective. Yeah, that's smart. I yeah. do like that about him. Yeah. Um, Tim would state on numerous occasions to Batman that he wanted to become the world's greatest detective, uh, which he knew that the Dark Knight was currently the world's greatest detective. Uh, Batman himself has stated that one day Drake will even surpass him as a detective. Uh, despite his combat skills not being as up to par as Grayson's, uh, his detective skills more than made up for it. Uh, in addition, Batman supplied him with a new armored costume and made him the new Robin. Um, now, he was the first Robin to have his own comic book series where he fought crime on his own. No Batman attached to him. Uh, he was also co-founded the team Young Justice in the absence of the Teen Titans uh, of Dick Gen- Dick Grayson's generation, but would then later reform the Teen Titans after Young Justice disbanded when Donna Troy was killed. Uh, Tim served as leader of this version of the Titans until 2009, at which point he quit due to the events of Batman R.I.P., which we discussed in last week's episode, The Death of Batman. Uh, which led us to Batman Incorporated. Uh, Following Infinite Crisis in 52, Tim Drake modified his costume uh, to mostly red and black color scheme in tribute to his best friend, Con-El Superboy, who died fighting Earth Prime Superboy. The Robin costume had a red torso, long sleeves, and pants. It also included black gloves and boots, yellow stitching and belt, in a black and yellow cape. Uh, this is the one where he also had a... Uh, you can get it in Arkham's, Arkham City. The Red Robin. Mm-hmm. It's like got a mask on it, yeah. and like a hood type thing. Yeah. That's how he became Red Robin. In, in the Arkham series, Tim ends up like marrying Barbara Gordon. Barbara Gordon, yeah. Is that... Is there, is that a thing in the comics? Uh, in the comics, Barb has been with Dick, Tim, um, in, in the Killing Joke movie, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Tim has shock. Tim has dated. Uh, he didn't just date. Uh, spoiler: He also dated uh, Wonder Girl, which is uh, Cassie. Um, in Young Justice, she's with. Nightwing. She's with Dick and Tim's with Wonder Girl. 
in that one. But um, yeah, I mean, it's going to sound weird. They've all kind of interdated each other throughout the comics. Or Barbara. Yeah. Um, so following the new 52 relaunch, history was altered such that Tim Drake never took up the Robin mantle after Jason Todd's death, feeling that it would be inappropriate. Instead, he served as the new Red Robin. However, in DC's Rebirth relaunch, his original origin was restored. So probably a better detective than any of the other Robins, but nowhere near the fighter that Dick and Damien are. But his heart's in it. But his heart's in it. And, and he, is, he, is, he is not the worst Robin to grace the page by any means. Um, now let's talk a little bit about his girlfriend, Stephanie Brown. The short-lived spoiler turned Robin, turned Batgirl, turned spoiler again. <laughs> Stephanie Brown, Tim Drake's girlfriend, and the costume adventurer previously known as The Spoiler, volunteered for the role of Robin upon Tim's resignation, a.k.a. my daddy said I couldn't. Mm. Batman. So <laughs> silly to me. Batman fired her twice for not obeying his orders. Uh, Stephanie then stole one of Batman's incomplete plans to control Gotham's crime and executed it, uh, trying to prove her worth. But, it, of course, like every plan, you should expect the plan not to work and to fall apart. And Batman has to come and help her fight off the crime boss Black Mask. Uh, she managed to escape but apparently died afterwards due to her injuries. Tim Drake keeps a memorial for her in his cave hideout underneath Titan's Tower in San Francisco. However, she appeared to be alive and stalking him after his return from traveling around the globe with his mentor. Turns out that Dr. Leslie Tompkins had faked her death to protect her. Leslie Tompkins, who is big in the comics, uh, big in the animated series back in the day. She was an old friend of Batman's. But if you watched Gotham, uh, wound, up, wound up married to Gordon, which yep. is weird. So for years, she operated as a uh, spoiler, but was then recruited as Barbara Gordon's replacement for Batgirl. Uh, she did have her own series of comics uh, with uh, Batman and Batman spinoff series. Uh, her earn, her time as spoiler Robin and Batgirl was all retconned to have never occurred after Flashpoint. With her being reintroduced, having just become the spoiler in Batman Eternal. However, her history as Robin was later restored. So this is the thing, like even in even in the comics, DC can't make just, up their minds. Can't make up their their damn minds. Yeah. Like if everything was like their animated movies and shows, God, I mean, it'd just be well, fantastic. Maybe they're it's they're killing them too much. Like all these people die, and they're like, "Oh shoot, we've killed everybody. We need to bring them back. Let's just yeah. demolish the whole thing and start again." So we got one more of the main Robins mm -hmm. here that we can talk about. Mm -hmm. And this is uh this, this is a is good one here. The the vicious one. Uh, we got Damian Wayne, the son of Bruce Wayne and Talia Al Ghul. So he's then the grandson of the immortal Raz Al Ghul or Ra's Al Ghul, or however you want to pronounce it. I like Ra's. 
Really? Yeah, that's the way I like it. That's the way I like it. Rage. Uh-huh. 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 Uh, Batman was, he had no idea that Damien even existed for years until Talia just showed up and they <laughs> said, oh, by the way, surprise. So, but he was very violent. He had no discipline uh, and or morality. He was trained by the League of Assassins, so he was deadly. He yeah. was a, a great fighter, uh, and he learned how to kill at a very young age. And that reckless, murderous behavior caused his relationship with Bruce to be really strained because Bruce was adamant that he would never take a life. You know, he doesn't mm-hmm. want to become the very thing that he started this whole thing to to go out to fight anyway right yeah so he's trying to teach his son you know this is not how we do things so lots of tension between the two of them so he was originally conceived to become a host for his grandfather's soul yeah as well as a pawn against the dark knight Mm -hmm. Uh, but batman saved his child from this fate which forced raish to inhabit his own son's body and thus damien was affectionate to his father what a mess i'm telling you so after batman apparently had died in final crisis Mm -hmm. talia left him with uh, him being damien pronouns uh with dick grayson and alfred and so damien was really affected by his father's absence but then he he goes out uh to be robin with dick as batman yeah so this is kind of where he where he started to become a good kid in the first issue of battle for the cowl damien was driving the batmobile and he was attacked by poison ivy and killer croc but fortunately he's rescued by nightwing and uh, they try to escape but they're shot down by black masked men so nightwing tried to fight the thugs off but then the thugs were shot by jason todd Mm. so then after five was was nightwing and todd then jason todd shot damien in the chest whoo Jason's angry. And the final issue of that series, Alfred made Damien then into Robin. Mm -hmm. So Damien's first task as Robin was then to go rescue Tim. Mm -hmm. My goodness. Mm -hmm. So after this battle for the cow story, Grayson becomes uh, Dick Grayson becomes Batman. And instead of having Tim, who he looked at Tim as like, you're my equal. I don't, I can't see you as a student or a protege. So it's not right for you to be Robin. So then Damien became Robin, mm-hmm. which is what we've, we've mentioned there. So yeah. He, he gave him the training that Bruce is not there to give him. This is yeah. what Bruce would have wanted. So I'm just going to do it. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> sorry. All right. So then, you know, Bruce Wayne, he's coming back. He's going to be Batman again. Then Dick Grayson goes back to being Nightwing. And as of the new 52, which is another just big rehaul of everything, Damien continued to work with his father, Batman. But he gave up being Robin because his mother was out to get him at this point. So he had other fish to fry. And he decided to go under the identity of Red Bird. But uh, we we actually talked about this a couple Mm -hmm. episodes ago, I think. Mm -hmm. Damien died at the hands of a heretic, which is like a clone of he himself working for Leviathan. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he gave up his life in that fight. So despite his status as deceased, he's dead. He starred in his own miniseries, Damien, Son of Batman. And it's set in a future where yeah. Damien is on the path to become Batman after his father fell victim 
to a trap set by the Joker. Batman eventually started a difficult quest to resurrect him, returning Damien to life with Darkseid's Chaos Shard. Because Dark again, side. if you're a comic book character, you will live forever. Yes. Now let's talk about uh, one of the other short-lived Robins from the mind of Frank Miller. Um, not non-canon. Uh, like an alternate possible future. Yes, an alternate possible future where old Bruce Wayne is Batman and there's no Robins out there anymore. And this girl named Carrie Kelly. Uh, not a bad life. Actually, she has great parents. She has a great life. But uh, she actually just comes across them in this movie, this series, this comic book series slash movie that Frank Miller wrote. And uh, she's a 13-year-old girl. Um, she's accepted by Batman after she saves his life. Unlike the previous Robins, though, Carrie is not an orphan, as I said. It is hinted through their dialogue that they were once uh, activists, possibly hippies, during the late 60s, her parents, that is, but have since become apathetic stoners. Uh, she was the first female Robin and the first Robin with living parents. In the sequel, the Batman... The Dark Knight Strikes Again, 2001, Carrie dons the identity of Catgirl, but still works as Batman's second-in-command. She was also featured in an episode of The New Batman Adventures entitled Legends of the Dark Knight. She then appeared in Batman, The Brave and the Bold's episode entitled Batman Dies at Dawn, along with Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, Stephanie Brown, and Damian Wayne. Kelly joined the New 52 DC Universe in Batman and Robin number 19 in a story titled Batman and Red Robin. So what's crazy about this is she went from a non-canon Frank Miller character to Catgirl or to Robin to Catgirl. And then in the other animated shows like the new Batman Adventures and Brave and the Bold actually being a canon character. <laughs> so again it's DC's like crazy man i'm telling you like and and doing these past uh few episodes the way we've done them uh has really just nailed just nailed that fact home that they are just so all over the place all over the place and it just it sucks i wish they were i mean it, it makes it for fun if you're reading like, oh, and this is a possibility and this is a possibility and this is cool and this is cool. But if you actually like sit down and look at all of it, it's like you kind of want to have more linear stuff. And it's just like, yeah, but to read all these different things, you have to spend so much damn money in comics it's as opposed just to so just convoluted and confusing. Like uh, if, if you know nothing about it, it's like, where do I start? Mm -hmm. what is what even is still you know relevant at this point yeah well and like and i'm not saying that marvel doesn't have like it's oh this over here is different than sure, this over here sure they do yeah but i mean that's just comic books but it just it just seems to be a dc blueprint to change their mind and then go back and then hey let's combine this this is earth prime oh but this is the multiverse over here 
It just seems very much uh, their thing, their shtick. Unvoluted. Mm-hmm. So there's been some other versions of Robin uh, that were not mainstream. Uh, Bruce Wayne has been Robin. A few comics told of a young Bruce Wayne being Robin while he assists a detective that he looked up to. There was also that time that he and Drake switched ages. Oh, uh, yeah. To where the older Tim Drake Batman adopted the young Bruce Wayne Robin. I weird. think uh, I've actually read that one. It's weird. I've seen that somewhere. There's the Toy Wonder from the 853rd century, a robotic sidekick to Batman of that of that century. Uh, I do remember that Batman is actually per is a parole hunter or something for the planet Pluto. There's like a prison on Pluto or something <laughs> weird. Okay. Uh, there's Earth Two Robin Grayson who becomes a lawyer and then and the Robin after the death of Batman. Elseworlds now Elseworlds version of DC characters are ones that exist in alternate timelines or realities that take place in entirely self-contained continuities. So in the Elseworlds storylines, Robin has been these things. A German immigrant during World War II named Richard Garstark. Bruce Wayne Jr., the son of Julie Madison and Bruce Wayne. A genetically enhanced ape named Rodney. Hey, Rodney. A samurai named Tengu. A pirate's cabin boy. <laughs> a girl traveling via spaceship to a far-off colonial planet. Bruce Wayne's nephew, Thomas Wayne III. MI6 agent Alfred Pennyworth has been Robin. Bruce Wayne's sister during the Reign of Terror in France. And a Native American named Redbird. Those are the Elseworld Robins. Now, of course, there's also Talon, which if you talk about the Earth 2, that, you know, Owl Man. Court of Owls? Yeah. No, uh, Talon came from Court of Owls. Yes, but there's also a whole separate thing where, like, there's Owl Man to Batman. Okay. Owl Man's Robin is Talon in that little story. Uh, Owl Man tries to blow up the multiverse or whatever. Gotcha. Uh, There's also We Are robin robin has become something more than a person it's become an idea and we are robin number one gotham city teenagers band together to fight crime on the streets in the name of batman's iconic sidekick robin they're intuitive smart and resourceful but largely untrained and completely unsanctioned by batman these would be heroes succeeded due to street smarts and simply strength in numbers Rather than one Robin, there are now hundreds of them, each with his or her own unique set of skills and traits as well as their own particular chip on their shoulder. Now, while a handful of these Robins came to the forefront as that series unfolded, We Are Robin envisions the boy wonder as a movement rather than one individual hero. I have not read We Are Robin. Um... I think it's a very interesting concept. Uh, not either. It sounds like We Are Robin and Batman Incorporated would be great duo comics. We so, are Batman. Unsanctioned by Batman, but Batman is, he does exist. He is there. He is there. 
Isn't it funny though for him to say like this is an unsanctioned team of Robins? Like, dude, you're a vigilante. You don't get to sanction anything, bro. You are also unsanctioned. Like you're not an officer of the law. Yeah, but uh he's not wearing hockey pads. He's not wearing hockey pads. All right, so let's talk about some of the faces. There have been almost as many, if not more, live action Robins than there have been Batman in the live action world. And, ni- uh, I don't even know the first two. In 1943, we had Douglas Croft playing Dick Grayson's Robin. Then we had Johnny Duncan in 1949. Then, of course, we had Burt Ward, who has played Robin from 1996 up until Crisis on Infinite Earths for the CW. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. By God. Uh, Christopher O'Donnell, who most of us 90s kids and millennials uh, know as Dick Grayson in 1995 and 97's uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Joseph Gordon-Levitt played, quote-unquote, Robin yeah, in The Dark Knight Rises. Illusion to him, at least. Brenton Thwaites is Dick Grayson in Titans, and Curran Walters is Jason Todd in Titans. Uh, there will be more one day. There will be. Uh, some of the voices. Now, there's a long list of voices, and I'm not going to name them all. Some that I wanted to uh, really hit on is the big main ones. Like, obviously, Seth Green does the robot chicken robin. Yeah. Um, the main ones that we are used to in the animated world are Casey Kasem, Scott Mentville, Lauren Lester, which was the animated series that we grew up to and Burt Ward. Those are the four big animated voices of Robin. But then of course you've got these awesome moments where someone else came in and made impacts like Jason Marston voiced Robin once or twice. Gray DeLee even voiced Robin. How? A child. Oh, okay. Yeah. Neil Patrick um, Harris. Neil Patrick Harris was Nightwing mm-hmm. Robin. Jesse McCartney is the Robin slash Nightwing of Young Justice. The show. Uh, Jesse McCartney, RIP. Isn't he the one that just died recently? No, that's Aaron Carter. Oh, okay, sorry. Jesse McCartney is, I don't want another pretty face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Those guys mixed up. Johnny Young Bosch voiced robin do you know who johnny young bosch is that name is familiar it should be he was who zach passed the black power ranger to he's adam yep yeah okay yeah yeah and then michael Sarah, of course from lego batman which was cute which was adorable it's absolutely adorable. That's and one we, of those movies that I kept for so long. You ended up buying a new one. I had no idea what happened to it. <laughs> Never would have guessed that you have. I'm going to be honest, man. I am not good at borrowing movies. No, no. Or I still, or, I still got your Guardians of the Galaxy game. Of course you do. You guess how much to. of it? Guess how much of it I've played? Zero percent. Absolutely zero percent. Well, you should because. I know it's fantastic. It's great. Everyone's raging about it, but 
just I don't I don't game much anymore. So some of these these voices, like obviously Lauren Lester's who we grew up to with the 90s animated show as Robin, Casey Kasem in those like especially anytime Robin was like with Scooby Doo. It was Casey Kasem because he was also already voicing Shaggy. And anytime they were in a scene together, there were times where you could hear the same tone where like you'd hear like, oh, yeah, Batman. Like, I don't know, man. It's like, oh, he's he's playing both. Scott Menville, you would know more since you're in love with Teen Titans. Go. Oh, yeah. That's the one that you uh, that he voiced. And that's what's crazy is that. He's like 50 mm-hmm. something years old and he's mm-hmm. voicing this. Oh man. Yeah. Kid. Think about like, what's the voice actor's name? Rob Paulson. He does oh. all sorts of really good, like kid like voices. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. the one who does a, I don't know, Jimmy. Yeah. And he's yeah. got to be Carl Weezer 70. Yeah. Late 60s. Yeah. Something like that. That's what I love about voice acting world, man. Like you would never know that they're 50 and 60 year old men Not a clue. voicing some of these children. And then there's D Bradley Baker who does just just noises. Like he's employed just to do like a cow sound or a chicken or a monster growl. Oh, well, not just him, but uh, the dude from Firefly that was King Candy. Oh, Tudyk. What's his name? Yeah, Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk does the same thing. He does a lot of like random. It's like a pet or the little creature that doesn't say anything. It's like if I had a quarter for every time Alan Tudyk has played a weird bird character just by the sound, I wouldn't have many quarters, but it's kind of weird that it happened multiple times. You'd have enough that you'd be like, I could do something with these. I could do something with these quarters, but. It it's won't be of, anything fancy, but yeah. I could do something. I could rather maybe than, get some gumball, get a gumball rather, out of that. Rather than, uh, oh, hey, look, a quarter. Yeah. That's why I love, that's, I'm telling you, man. The, the voice I, I can at least man. get a McChicken and a sweet tea out of this. Yeah, sure. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I think I'd rather save them than get crappy McDonald's, but. No, it's probably a better idea. Yeah. I have got. A difficult one for you. Live action, comic book, voice casting, all of it. Who are your top three Robins? Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to go with um, the the kind of little Robin from the 90s animated series, the one that would have been my, my first exposure Robin. Mm-hmm. Lauren Lester. Yeah. And then he later on you do get to see him as Nightwing. I think his first episode we saw him in in the animated series was Scarecrow. He started getting af- afraid of something. That sounds right. Yeah. So I'll go with him. I like the I like the comic version of Robin with like the not Robin, but Nightwing. Does mm-hmm. it matter? Like can it no, that's not that's well, Nightwing isn't Robin, so I guess. Well, I he's a Robin. Yeah. So yeah, let's include that. They're they're allowed to. Okay. Yeah, like so then that. I like the Nightwing uh, from the comics where he's kind of like the shaggy hair, mm-hmm. and it's the blue because there's 
some versions, I guess it might have been New 52. I can't keep them all straight. But they they tried like a red. Suit. Yeah. I didn't yeah. care for that one as much. So yeah. I like the blue shaggy hair kind of Nightwing with the batons. Mm-hmm. And. Oh, gosh. Honestly, I think I might go with Burt Ward. Okay. Just like the old vintage. 60s vintage. His na, crazy. Na, 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 na. His holy. Yeah. Holy sharks with lasers, Batman. Definitely for, for nostalgia's sake. Yeah. Yeah. But I like pretty much all the versions of Robin. Um, I would have to say... Number three is definitely our Robin from childhood. Yeah. Uh, so the Lauren Lester Robin. Um, my second would have to be the Jesse McCartney Robin slash Nightwing from Young Justice. And I think my number one Robin isn't a, isn't a Robin. Jensen Ackles is Red Hood. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm under the Red Hood. Yeah. Actually, the the kid from Titans I really like a lot too. So I'd like to throw him up there. Yeah, Thwaites. He's yeah, he would really be a definitely. He's really good. Once he dons the Nightwing, you'll be like, oh my god, there he is. That's yeah. Nightwing. Uh, it's just so good because like before he leads up to it, and this really isn't a spoiler. He keeps talking about having to become something else, not Robin. I'm not Robin anymore. I have to become something else. I'm not Batman's sidekick. And then when he comes out to fight Slade with that new outfit, whew, so good. So awesome. I've seen clips of it. Mm. But yeah, final thoughts. He's my, Nightwing is my favorite DC hero. Hero. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But so by association, Robin yeah. has to. he's a staple now that there's been so many of them and they've made their way. They've paved their way individually. Now you don't get Batman without Robin anymore. It's so rare, whether it's comic, animated movie, whatever. It's so rare to get Batman without Robin. The only two I can think of without Robin mentioned is Bell even though he didn't have Robin, but Robin was mentioned. Uh, and this most recent, the Batman with Pattinson. Other than that, the Batman that we grew up with, the 89 and all that, eventually got Robin mm-hmm. with after Burton. Robin's dead in Affleck's. All the animated Robin exists. Comics Robin exists. So it's like he's... I also really do like the Teen Titans Robin. There's... I saw something the other day where is there a crossover where the Teen Titans fight Teen Titans, Titans go? go? Yes. I saw a clip of it. Yeah. It popped up on my Facebook or something the other day and I was like, what the? I guess you never watched the Teen Titans go to the movies, did you? Did you ever sit down and make me watch it? Probably not. Then no. I'm not and... just going to sit and watch it in my own time. There are some really funny jokes. Well, then, okay. Let's. We had also talked about in season one when I was giving you hell about this movie, doing a, a watch along with it. I would happily sit down with you, but I'm not going to do it on my own time unless you're with me. 
Well, that's the problem, Tyler. We very rarely have that time. Mm-hmm. We've been really lucky this past week or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. Well, there's funny jokes. Stan Lee pops up. So. Jesus. Yeah. That's really the reason you love it so much. Please. You mean a DC movie that put Stan Lee? Woohoo! No, because it's funny, because it's ironic. Uh, you have now gotten in the last couple of months from us some pretty deep dives in the world of Gotham and Batman and Robin and all that. And so we're going to take a break from that and we're going to talk about the Rumble in the next episode. After that, we get to an episode that is years in the making. Highly anticipated. Especially by one juice over here. So anticipated that I feel like changing it at the last minute before we get to it to just see his reaction. To just send a text like, you know what? I just don't feel like doing it today, man. Let's do something else. You know, I know where you live. (laughs) But yeah, we're going to, after the rumble, we're going to get to the redemption of Batman and Robin? Question mark. Question mark. The... Schumacher, Batman and Robin. The one that ended it all. Pray for us. <laughs> yes. Pray for us. Send good vibes. When's and the last time you watched Batman and Robin? Actually, last year I showed it to Maddie. I showed all four oh, of them to Maddie. Wow. So you yeah. are a little more up to date on it than myself. Yep. Me and Maddie and Bryson watched the first one, The Joker. Then I showed her the second one. And then we got to the third one and she. Even voice like there's a big change between the last one and this one. And I said, well, there's no Tim Burton in this one. This is Joel Schumacher. And then when we got to the fourth one, one of the first questions was, why does he have nipples? It's like, because it's the 90s. And we're making Batman sexy. Yeah. And she was not a fan. I stayed pretty like straight faced. I didn't react to a lot of stuff. And afterwards, she was just like, that was not good. It's like, it's not. It's really not. But at the time, (laughs) in 1997, this was all we had. At the time, I was like, ooh, Uma Thurman. Yeah, at the time, I was like, you know, this is is just fine. This, that is just fine. So while you're waiting on the Royal Rumble episode and while you're listening to this, we just want to thank you all so much for for retweets and likes and listening uh, each episode and sharing the word of nerd uh, as we bring to you uh, each episode and uh, also while you're at it go check out the t public store there's uh, always new designs we also uh, always have special pop-up sales uh, just look out for social media for those announcements we got one coming up soon uh, a special quick sale that we're going to do to celebrate the month of february uh, it would make a great Valentine's Day gift for that nerd in your life to get a 30 and nerdy shirt from the T Public store. He'll love you forever and Hell ever. Amen. Amen. So thank you, nerds. Until next time, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. And as always, cheers to you. Two dudes who met back in college Nobody loved pop culture more 
So they started a podcast to talk all about it, and 30 and Nerdy was born. Oh, 30 and Nerdy was born. You might hear them chat about shows like The Witcher, or movies like Lord of the Rings. And if Josh has to choose, he is loyal to Marvel, while Tyler goes more for DC. Yes, Tyler goes more for DC. Now come, come, one and all. Nerd up or shut up, just answer the call to be part of our journey into magical worlds. Join us and cheers to ya nerds. Join us and cheers to ya nerds. I got nothing. Holy episode's over. Holy big finale, Batman. Oh, that's not gonna work. I'm sorry, I got nothing. That's bad. It's it's 12.30. Yeah, I know. We get up at the same time.